0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the greatest podcast on the two great 90s space station shows, Babylon 5 versus Deep Space Nine. But today we're not talking about the two great 90s space station shows. We're talking about a very, very weird show on HBO Max, DC's Titans. Uh, Specifically, we're talking about the first four episodes of season three. That is episode one, Barbara Gordon, episode two, Red Hood, episode three, Hank and Dove, and episode four, Blackfire. Uh, let's just start out with a broad question, uh, Matt. Uh, what do you make of this very weird show? Uh, kind of like
1: CW, but they can drop the f bomb.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like, see, C- It feels dark, a lot darker to me than the CW shows I've seen. Not just in the f bomb, but I haven't seen that much of the CW. So maybe, maybe Arrow is like super dark and grim and gritty.
1: Yeah, it reminds me of, of the CW DC shows, just with, it is darker, and it does have some language and some situations that are a little more, like, uh, uh, extreme than what you would see on a CW episode. What's up with the episode names being just the characters' names? That's kind of not, Oh, like they've super... a, they've always done that. Oh, that's super, I never realized that, that's super unoriginal. Good job, guys. I.
0: I... As somebody who really hates titles, um, like <laughs> like coming up with titles for my own work, and I, I tell my students they don't have to put titles on papers they submit to me. Um, like, In fact, I, I usually prefer that they don't. But as somebody who really hates titles, really hate my own titles, really hate other people's titles, I actually super appreciate the low effort of it. Uh, yeah, I just feel like Episode 3,
1: Hank and Dove, doesn't tell me anything because... Well, I guess I Hawk, and, mean, Hawk and Dove
0: would have been the other episode, maybe. Yeah, I believe I believe Hawk and Dove was the episode in season one that introduced Hawk and Dove.
1: But yeah, I, I enjoy the show. I enjoy it more so than I do the CW shows, I guess just because there is more violence and
0: it's more, I guess, adult oriented. I really do appreciate that it's only like 10 or 13 episode seasons too, and that like because it's streaming they don't always hit the 45 minute mark i appreciate that less is often more and uh here it certainly is the case i don't know like it's a you remember when the trailer for this dropped and it was like badass robin saying things like Fuck batman and like really brutalizing some criminals in an alley do you remember do you remember way back when when that trailer dropped
1: yeah i remember the debut trailer It was crazy. My brother
0: sent it to me because he's like, yo, check this out. It's going to be awesome. And I'm like, eh. Oh, yeah. No, it looks so stupid. And I swore (laughs) I'd never watch it. And then I don't remember. I think I started watching it because the Doom Patrol show up in a first season. Yes. And I I wanted to see how they did the Doom Patrol. And then I watched it. And, like, to my surprise, it was like, I don't think this is good. But it's, like, very watchable and very fun for some reason. Like, I can't. I don't fully understand why I find it so fun, but I, I do actually find it fairly fun. And that theme music—that theme music—that
1: brr, 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 you know that 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 gets you going. Yeah. So. M-
0: music to get hard too. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, it, it, yeah. that's what they—that's pretty much what they were going for when they chose that as their theme.
0: Yeah. Would you say the level of horniness on the show is greater than the average CW show too?
1: Uh, I'm gonna say. Yeah, especially between Do- with anything with Dove and Hank and Dick. and Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of it. I haven't seen as okay. much. I, I figured I'd see more with Starfire, but that just hasn't, like... I they guess... did
0: that at the beginning of season one, but then they kind of, like, backburnered it, didn't they?
1: Yeah, because I, I thought, you know, based on the comics, I always thought her and Dick had a thing,
0: and then... Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a big deal. I haven't read many of the... New Teen Titans comics, but yeah, Dick and Starfire, Dick and Corey is a big deal. But yeah, the, the,
1: there's not as much of that as it's more just. There is a triangle right between them and Night, like Dove used to be with Nightwing. I'm trying to remember correctly because season one and two kind of ran together
0: for me. So as I recall, Hank and Dove or Hawk and Dove had been together for a long time, but it had been kind of like it. it it was fairly up and down. It seemed like, although I don't know how much that was. It was up and down before the show started, and how much it just became up and down once the show started. But my my impression is that it either like while they were on a break or while that Don was pissed at Hank, she slept with Dick. Was my impression, and so there was a little bit of uh, there. Yeah, there was some bad feeling about that, especially in season one. But it seems like after going through the stuff to get they did in season 2 and then kind of you know starting up in season 3 it seems like that had pretty much repaired and like it seems like Hank and Dick were pretty much all good and that even though Don and Hank like weren't together at the start of season 3 they seemed to be like in a kind of good place of still being partners did did, did that track for you that yeah that is yeah i'm remembering it now it just yeah this is one of those
1: shows where i feel like it's it's hard to go like having it set up the way it is, where it's being released. Uh, I guess there's one season a year, um, more or less. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, and it's it's not as memorable. I guess I what's the like, it's cons- not consumable. What's the word I'm thinking of? Like where you <laughs> bingeable. Yeah, it's bingeable, and I feel like I would enjoy this more if I watched it like. Waited for the whole thing to be done and then watched it like a year later, <laughs> like, you know. Then watch them all in order. Yeah,
0: yeah, I did. I did a thing where like I watched, I watched like the first four episodes of season one. Like I think I got through the Doom Patrol episode, and then I I just got busy and didn't go back to it. And then late last year, I I finished season one and watched all of season two, and so now I'm watching it you know week to week. Um, so, yeah, it's the first time I've ever actually watched it week to week.
1: Yeah, that, I think yeah. that's that's the other issue
0: I'm having is watching it week to week. I'm like, I'm trying to remember back to what happened in the other seasons. I think one reason you may feel like that, too, is like the season structure of these episodes is kind of weird because it's like at the end of season one, if I remember correctly, you have the big cliffhanger with Rachel's father, Trigon. Mm-hmm. And then if I'm remembering right, that gets really quickly wrapped up at the beginning of season two. And then you kind of have a slow burn on the Deathstroke and Rose and Jericho story from season two. And then you have a big cliffhanger with Donna dying. And it seems like Rachel is gonna go and try and resurrect Donna at the end of season two. And then now in season three, have we've totally shifted again. And now we're doing this Red Hood story, but at the same time, like they still mention Donna and rachel but they we haven't seen any sign of them after four episodes and it it seems like we've just totally dropped uh rose and jericho who unless i'm forgetting were like still kind of on the team at the end of season two
1: that that's exactly what it is because for some reason i thought the trigon thing was like finished up in season one but i guess it did spill over into season two yeah that went one or two episodes into season two you're, you're right because there was that cliffhanger yeah, it, you're right. It's, it's just the structure of how this it's how the seasons are structured. It's weird and hard to follow. Overall, I like I'm enjoying the whole Red Hood like thread throughout. I kind of like that. I like seeing Red Hood uh, live action. When Jason Todd first returned in the comic books, I was kind of you know leery about it. I wasn't quite sure what to think. You know, I'm like,
0: oh, especially well, because the way the way they brought him back was kind. Well. The I don't know, just the, the rationale of like, oh, Superboy punched the walls of the universe and it resurrected yeah, it Jason Dodd. And I feel rough. like that's
1: kind of been a retconned at this point where now we know like Rachel Ghoul used a Lazarus pit and resurrected him, I think. Isn't that what isn't that the news? Yeah,
0: I think that was somehow involved in the in the original comics Resurrection Two, but it was also Superboy was punching the walls of reality. Yeah. I remember he yeah. wakes up in the coffin and uses his belt buckle to get out of the coffin. I was like, <laughs> but but it it is sort of interesting how like the bringing Red Hood into live action has improved Red Hood a fair amount. Like because are or not live action, but just bringing him into media adaptations. Because I remember years ago you showed me that Under the Red Hood movie, which was actually pretty good, yeah, and um, did a much better job with the story than the comics had originally done. Uh, one thing I'm not liking though
1: is the way they've shoehorned Barbara Gordon into this without really any kind of backstory. I mean, you get the idea that okay, she, I guess she was Oracle at some point. Maybe she was she was shot by the Joker. Was she Batgirl? I, well, I, I, I
0: don't know I, if she was Oracle. It seems like it seems like she was definitely Batgirl. I don't I don't think we know that she was Oracle. Or, or am I forgetting something?
1: Yeah, Jim Gordon's dead, so Barbara's taken his and is now the commissioner.
0: I don't know. I feel like they just pushed that in there just to throw some. I don't know. I actually kind of like it because it's, a, it's kind of a subtle way to do, like, the Batman Beyond thing. Yeah. I mean, granted, they've changed it up a lot, but I, I kind of like putting her in the Batman Beyond position. And then instead of I, – I, I never actually saw the Return of the Joker movie, but I guess I, I guess you're kind of using Red Hood more in the Tim Drake role from what I understand about that movie. Yeah. 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 Beyond yeah. – the, You're talking about Beyond the uh, – Return of the Batman Beyond. Return of the, Return Joker. the Joker. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's yeah, same,
1: Tim, right? yeah, yeah. Tim Drake plays that role. I, I feel like I wish there would have been more, a little bit more about her backstory. Maybe we'll explore that later. But it's also a, it's also just so. setting I up the whole so. thing that they can't touch main characters from Batman. From Batman, like you can't do anything with oh, Jim yeah. Gordon. You can't do anything with Joker. Really, you can't do anything with Batman. They can have Bruce Wayne. <laughs> like keep yeah,
0: like we haven't. I don't even know if we'll ever actually see Jonathan Crane in the Scarecrow outfit. Like, we maybe we will, especially since he escapes at the end of uh, episode four. But it doesn't. Yeah, it seems like they they have to take such pains to keep certain characters like off stage. It's very interesting. Although it also, and this maybe kind of is another one of those kind of disorienting things about it. So much of season one and two were about like, oh, the Titans used to be a team and then no longer were a team. And like, oh, they used to hang out and, you know, Hawk and Dove and uh, Robin and Wonder Girl and Aqualad were all on a team together. And you sort of get that, they're doing that sort of same vibe with, oh, Barbara used to be Batgirl and used to be in, you know, some sort of partnership with uh, Bruce and Dick. But it's just, uh, you know, it's kind of vague and not really uh, spelled out very much. Yeah, I just wish that like they would, do some flashbacks or something just to kind of get, give you more information about some of these characters and how they how they were connected. Yeah, I, I suspect, I, I mean, I would bet money that we will have an episode uh, this season called Batgirl in which we will see yeah. flashbacks of Barbara Gordon as Batgirl. Do you feel too,
1: though, like I would love to get my hands on like a contract that just shows like what they're actually like or a list of what they're actually allowed to do and what they're allowed, like they can't touch on. Because yeah, yeah. they got away with some things, like with Red, Hood, with, with Red Hood, they were able to go back and explore, you know, uh, Death in the Family by having, you know, Jason Todd beat with the crowbar, but you never actually got to see the Joker. So, you know, that was written somewhere. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you can have the whole scene, and as long as it's Joker beating up Jason Todd with a crowbar, you're good, but you can't show the Joker.
0: <laughs> or like, yeah, and you, you can't have him be the ambassador from Iran. Correct. Yeah, you can't
1: go back and do the horrible. Yeah, it was, God, that was a. Hor- Why would you remind me of that? Jeez. I don't know. I, I think I think it's
0: awesome. This kind of goes so back to awesome. I also like birds on the bridge of Star Trek shows. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> but then, yeah. Yeah.
1: But then you're also seeing the like like Tim Drake now is in this apparently. Um, yeah,
0: so Matt, do you think uh, Chuck Dixon, uh, who is the first major writer for Tim Drake uh, and a notorious uh, comics uh, homophobe and conservative, do you think he's uh, more pissed that the comics revealed Tim Drake is bisexual this month, or is he more pissed that the show cast Tim Drake as black and Asian?
1: Uh, Chuck Dixon's probably more upset about the black Asian thing. The only thing better would be if it was black, Asian, and bisexual, which is probably what's going to end up
0: happening. <laughs> oh, I hope I hope it's coming, baby. Bring it on, yeah. bring it on. I, I want to see uh, I want to see uh, Tim and Connor's uh, friendship go to new places in this yeah. uh, <laughs> in this show. That would be fun. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I never got the sense that Chuck Dixon was that racist. Maybe he is. I, I always got the sense he was more of a homophobe. But um, I particularly remember him saying some really awful things about when they outed Rene Montoya uh, way back in the early 2000s and unfortunately uh, I sort of agreed with him back then. I'm, I'm glad I've evolved as a person since then. One thing I I thought was really weird and
1: I mean I guess it's kind of it, it is it is up for a question or up for discussion here but like Bruce Wayne, what he do, did with the Robins, having them sign that contract, and then he on his screen, like, you know, he was like researching. Like, once Jason Todd died, he like automatically had like a whole like file of other people he wanted to be Robin. And if you go through, it was like Carrie Kelly, Stephanie, uh, what's her name? Stephanie uh, Brown. Brown, uh, there spoiler. We go. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Stephanie Brown. Yeah, Stephanie Brown, uh, Tim Drake. Uh, I think was Duke on there or somebody? There was Duke some Thomas was on there.
0: Duke. And then. Uh, Joe Chill's son, whose name uh, is escaping me, was on there too.
1: Yeah, and, and he like already had like pictures of him and like what they, what kind of qualities they would have as a Robin, and I'm just, I just think that's that's a little psycho, you know, but...
0: Yeah, they're really playing up like Bruce is like you know child soldier commander in this one. Yeah, yeah, and I like they in general they make him a little grimmer, right? Like there's, I, I think there's a bit in episode three. About like how Wayne Tech is like doing arms sales, which uh, I was a little bit like, yeah, I don't, I don't love that. Like, Batman shouldn't be, shouldn't be a, a drug, a, a not a drug. Batman shouldn't be a gun runner, you know. What was that bomb that was planted in uh, Hank's chest? Oh yeah, that's Wayne right. The, yeah, it was Wayne Tech technology. So
1: really, like, yeah, Batman's the. But I think that was him building up a, uh, like contingency plans for things and stuff like that. He reminds me of, like the Batman from uh war games.
0: Yeah. I never actually read that, but that's the one where he got spoiler as Robin or Stephanie Brown killed, right? Yes. Yes, that's that one. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and the other weird thing, too, in this is, like, apparently
0: Alfred died between season two and season three. And yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. Because I was, I, like, when I watched this, I get, was like, wait, was he dead in season two? I don't remember him dying in season two. Yeah, there's no explanation, either. It's just, it's he's, just off-screen. He, he's dead. Yeah. Yeah, I guess because of the rights to the Pennyworth show, maybe that's the, th- maybe that's the difference. Because, like, I think he I appeared... On, I think his voice appeared in season one. If not, if not, a guy playing him appeared. It did,
1: and then Alfred like sent money to Dick for, uh, for something at one point. Like Dick needed money, and that was in the
0: second season. He gets it from Alfred. Yeah, I did want to itemize a few other things that I was enjoying. Um, like there was, there seemed to be reference to the virus from that '90s Batman crossover, Contagion. Um, there was a, a reference to Steve Dayton, who's a Titans and Doom Patrol character named Mento, because they fight at Dayton Labs. In uh, the first episode, obviously, you know, we've kind of already talked about the references to Death in the Family, Lonely Place of Dying, and uh, Batman Beyond, and Batman Beyond: Return of the Joker. Then we talked about the Killing Joke references, and then with a, the kind of array of Robin soldiers, right? We've got Carrie from Dark Knight Returns. We've got Duke and the Joe Chill son who are from We Are Robin, which I've never actually read, but it's like kind of like an army of Robins story. And then obviously we've got Spoiler. He was all over like the 90s Tim Drake Robin comics and just, you know, like you said, was killed in war games and then eventually brought back. Yeah,
1: they brought in the Scarecrow or not really Scarecrow, but Jonathan Crane. And he's characterized really weird here. Like I I, I yeah. it's not something I've seen before with him. Uh, even like on, it's nothing like he was on Gotham. Nothing like I remember him on like any of the Arkham did, video games or anything. How did they do
0: him in Gotham? I've never seen. Much he, of I mean, he, he's
1: just like uh, he, he's just like he is in uh, the Arkham games, and kind of like uh, I have uh,
0: never played the Arkham games. What's <laughs> that?
1: Yeah, what's the? There's a recent comic that's come out where he has like syringes on his hands. And he's kind of like uh, is creepy. that in like the is it fear
0: state or state of fear? Yes, is that one, crossover yeah. that's going on. Yes, okay. that it's
1: like that, you know. Not the stoner duty, isn't this one? You know, like this weird. Did you ever watch Mad Men? Yeah, I've watched some of it. Yeah, we'll see on that.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's the he's the sleazy, uh upwardly mobile wasp on Mad Men, like Pete Campbell. He's one of the main characters. Um, it's the same actor. I, I was very amused to see um, Vin, Vincent Carthizer I think is his name. I was very amused to see him play both Pete Campbell and now and now the Scarecrow.
1: Yeah, and he escaped in the last episode. You said in episode four, so he'll probably be yeah. like he's
0: probably going to be throughout this season. Like a, a, it seems like it seems like. Were you were you surprised that they revealed him as like the secret mentor to the Red Hood? Not really. I mean, I kind of thought. Yeah, a, a little bit, yeah. But, but I
1: was wondering, like, the drug that uh, Jason was making, I
0: think they thought Jason was back on, like, heroin or something, but is it something else? I thought it might be venom. Now that you mentioned that, I could see the drugs that Jason cooking up being, like, Scarecrow's fear toxin. I think we both kind of got venom vibes off it at the start, which is sort of interesting. And I'm, I guess it does make a certain amount of sense because of the sort of strict IP requirements on the show and just the kind of general principle of economy of characters to have Scarecrow be the manipulator of Jason Todd and potentially like the big bad for this uh, season. Although when they were teasing um, there being a, a big bad, I was thinking maybe they would go more with like Ra's Ghoul, Ghul, who they've mentioned uh, once or twice in the show, or maybe a more traditional uh, Titans villain like brother blood but it yeah it seems like for now we're we're going to be doing it with uh the scarecrow which you know could be entertaining yeah um, uh, were any of the villains that
1: i mean the, the there were a bunch of like mobsters or gangsters or something remember that Hood goes and like approaches were any of those uh like legit people from
0: comics do you know or they're supposed to be I don't think so. I think they're just supposed to be like, you know, the various different like, you know, to put it crudely, like the ethnic groups we associate with modern crime. Right. So oh modern organized crime. Oh, so there's a Russian gang. There's a Chinese gang, that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, there's a long tradition of like, um, you know the criminal heads of Gotham gathering together in different Batman stories. Like Grant Morrison does that a lot. Um, Jeff Loeb does it from time to time. I think Alan Grant did it a fair amount, but despite there being that long tradition, I don't, I don't think there were, there were like specific characters that I caught.
1: So in episode three, uh, we get the final scene, you know, right before Hank's about to die. You know, you get Hank is, it, this, the, the thing's ticking down. Superboy has come to a. Uh, it, or Connor has fixed some kind of device that's going to make it. That's going to be able to remove the bomb and save the day. But then Red Hood tricks uh, Dawn into activating the trigger that, 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 that sets off the bomb. Or your thoughts on that scene, which I thought was like. That was one of those scenes I thought was like, whoa, that's, that's insane. Because they really do kill Hank. And then you've got the explosion and Superboy standing there with crypto coming out, you know, from the from the flames, unharmed and invulnerable. What, what were your what was your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I uh, I really liked it. I uh, super appreciated both the use of like Connor's like super intelligence and super speed, which are aspects of Superman and Superboy that like you don't always see used or you don't see used very well. But it was like. Used in a you know fairly believable and interesting way here. I really appreciated it. Um, it was a great use of cryptos and vulnerability. That that was that was a really sharp whatever writer came up with that deserves a lot of credit. Um, I didn't so much love like the angle between like Dick, Don, and Jason over like setting off the bomb. I thought that was a, maybe a little forced, and it was just kind of annoying because it's like Don's position is obviously the right position to do and there's no there's no reason to take dick's position uh unless you're just a ridiculous pacifist or unless you've seen something that makes you think jason is lying to you and if the latter is the case then you should say that to don you shouldn't just say don't do it um so I, I didn't really appreciate that setup very much, but I will say I did appreciate in the fallout how they don't make it a big thing of blaming each other. It's just kind of it wasn't like of like Dick being like, how dare you Don? Why did why didn't you listen to me? Hank would still be alive, that sort of shit. So I, I appreciated that it, it, it at least didn't go in that direction. Yeah.
1: To go back to your kind of like mention of like gratuitous scenes, the awkward scene where like, you have the bomb, and it's based on your heart rate. So the faster your heart rate, the, the faster it's going to count down. So then Dawn goes in there and, like, gets on top of him and takes her shirt off. Like, what the hell?
0: Like... <laughs> Oh, I, 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 don't, I don't think you're giving that scene enough credit. They set, they set up, they set that up a lot more.
1: Yeah, but that's stupid because you don't want to get his heart rate up, so you
0: wouldn't do that. Like this is, this. But some... it's, it, it's clearly set up a little more than you're giving it credit for. I, I, I think you're being unfair. No, it's awful. Um, no, nah,
1: you're just being unfair. Um, that's awful. All right, so um, episode I, four, like I watched the beginning of it and it goes in a whole different direction dealing with Corey's issues and her having these like sleepwalking incidents where she starts shooting fire at beast boy. And, uh, just, she thinks she's insane. Uh, then we go, you know, then she goes and she finds this, uh, finds her sister because apparently this was some kind of calling and she wakes up from one of these, uh, sleepwalking dreams and is at, is, Taken to where she's, uh, where her sister's being held. Any thoughts on this, or was this to me? This seemed almost like they were just trying to like make sure they covered all the characters and needed to get Starfire figured out. It took away from a lot of the other plot.
0: I mean, it, I don't know. It, it they uh, it, it seems like a way to bring Blackfire into the Titans, which is interesting. That's not something I think they've done in the comics. Although maybe I'm wrong about that. Um, so that could potentially be interesting depending on where they go with it. It did feel like a little bit of a a weird pause from the intensity of the sort of Red Hood and killing uh, killing Hawk or killing Hank angle. So yeah, that that was a little strange. One, one other kind of broad observation I would make about the show is it's just kind of funny how like so many of the characters on the show are Dick Grayson's exes, like Don, Barbara, Corey, all Dick Grayson's ex'es. And I, I sometimes wish they would make a little more of that. Uh, on the one hand, I kind of like the idea that like Dick's a cool guy and it's not, you know he, uh, he handles his breakups pretty well. but on the other hand, it would be kind of funny if there was a little bit of friction or a little bit of annoyance from the fact that like Dick keeps doing things like you know sending his uh, ex Corey to talk to his ex Barbara yeah that's true in the
1: in in the season four episode i'm glad they went they did at least go back to having to the Red Hood plot they didn't just make it a completely cory-centric episode they do yeah and, yeah they did they did scare scare at least balance
0: it yeah When it was i actually thought that they might go ahead and wrap the red hood plot up in episode four for a little bit um i mean i wasn't shocked when they didn't wrap it up like they maybe were kind of building it to wrap up and then move on to like a second plot Uh, so we still have no sign of Rachel Um, we still don't know if we're going to get some sort of resurrection plot with Donna or Wonder Girl Um, it looks like we've completely abandoned Rose and Jericho from season two and I it also looks like we've completely abandoned Tim Drake because he's only in the first episode and then no mention of him at all and no mention of the other uh, potential Robins so It seems more likely that we'll see Tim later in the season, but that's just a kind of interesting choice to have this big elaborate tease of him in the first episode and then we just, you know, three episodes later, we haven't seen him again.
1: you think Bruce Wayne's coming back before the end of this?
0: I think they probably will bring him back, but I don't think, like, in a big way because I think it'll be like... They use him at the end of season two where he's more of just like encouragement or go you know go you know kind of has another emotional conversation with dick that sort of thing i don't think it'll be like any sort of big um resolution to the plot if that makes sense
1: all right so uh we've pretty much discussed all four episodes uh and overall i'm enjoying i'm enjoying the show it's it's I'll be honest with you. It's kind of trash TV, but it's it's, it's okay. It is so, very much so. Yeah. Very much so. <laughs> yeah, But uh, uh, so what we'll do is we'll put out another bonus episode at season at our episode eight. Does that sound good?
0: Yeah. Or I was gonna say maybe just well, let's wait and see if something crazy happens. Maybe let's put out like a mid season episode if something crazy happens okay where we go from like you know episode five to the crazy thing otherwise i I mean i would be fine with just wait until the end of the season
1: okay so keep an eye out for that we'll cover the rest of the season for sure but uh we may be doing some things towards the middle of the season or we may just wait till the end of the season before we release uh, more content
0: Yeah, yeah, good old old Titans. So we appreciate everybody joining us. We're the uh, greatest uh, podcast about the two great 90s space station shows, but today we were talking about Titans Season 3, Episodes 1 through 4. Thanks for listening.